Welcome to the Sudden Victory Podcast, presented by Wide Right Natty Light. I'm Sam Phillips here with Jacob England after a pair of Cyclone victories to kick off the dual season in 2024. Uh, Jacob, it was a fun trip out west, wasn't it? It was definitely a fun trip, and uh, somebody has got their signature win, which we'll talk about real soon. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of nice wins on this road trip. Really nothing disappointing uh, as far as I'm concerned. Iowa State goes and takes on Arizona State Friday night, Cal Baptist on Sunday afternoon. And Iowa State wins 17 out of 20 matches. The three losses in there were Iowa State's backups bumping up a weight. So uh, we'll get into that. But let's start off with this Arizona State meet on Friday night here. Uh, the clones heading out to, uh, to wrestle a future Big 12 opponent. And it went just about as good as you could have asked. Yeah. Uh, the only two losses, like you said, were to the backups. Uh, Frost wasn't in there and Swiderski wasn't in there. We know Swiderski's trained to heal back up. Um, mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about Frost? Is he dinged up as well? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Dresser did allude to in his press conference uh, last week that some guys got a little big over the extended holiday. So, uh, uh, yeah. you know, being the freshman of the group, it's pretty easy to guess that that was the case with Evan Frost there at 133. Uh, hopefully he'll be back this weekend. Not sure if Iowa State will need him for that Pittsburgh duel. It sure would be nice to have him, but uh, certainly won't need him on Friday night against Utah Valley. Uh, and then Casey Swiderski, I still have not heard anything about whether he will be back this week or if it, he will not be back until uh, that trip down to Oklahoma in a couple of weeks because Iowa State has next week off. So we will hopefully learn some more about the health of the Cyclone wrestlers uh, when Dresser talks this week. But Kyson Tarakina started things off at 125. And the speaking of the health of wrestlers, Arizona State, we talked about it last week. They were a little banged up, had some guys miss this meet. One of them was Richie Figueroa, which was a bit disappointing because uh, we both wanted to see Kyson Tarakina get that test. Yeah, he, he definitely needs to have a little bit of a test going on. But, you know, uh, you get the opponent whenever you get him and you just wrestle the person that's in front of you. And that's what Kyson did. Yeah, he, that is exactly what he did. So he takes on Tristan Mac, Tristan Mascarenas, and Mascarenas actually got the first takedown, but it was all Terrakina after that. He wins the match 12-6, to six. and Mascarenas, uh, I want to say he's a freshman, hasn't gotten many matches because Arizona State has been deep at this weight. He is a junior, but hasn't been wrestling much uh, the past couple of years just because Arizona State's been so deep at this weight. And Mascarenas beat the Cal Bakersfield kid on Sunday who beat Kyson at CKLV, uh, if you can follow my train of thought there. So uh, he's a solid kid, uh, despite not being the starter for the Sun Devils. You know what that tells me, Sam, is like the 125 weight pound or the weight class is an absolute disarray right now. Oh, it's been nuts. Yeah, you don't know what one through 25 or even one through 40 is one person could just out take the other person in in any given week. Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. To be, you're exactly right. One through 40, um, number three guy in the country, two or three guy in the country from Rutgers, who was one of the last undefeated wrestlers got beat this past weekend by an unranked wrestler. So 
You're exactly right. One through 40, anyone can take an L. Uh, so I, that's why I like Kyson Tarakino. We'll get into his weekend a little bit more later on, but he's uh, starting to turn a corner, I think. Uh, 133, Ethan Perryman got the call there up at 133. Um, interesting to see the 125 bump up for to take the spot and not have someone else that's already a 133. But, uh, you know, it is a trip out west, and Ethan Perryman got to wrestle against Cal Baptist really close to his hometown. So that could have been the thinking there. But Perryman gets majored by Julian Klebov. Ranked matchup going up away. It's tough. Uh, you still don't like to see the major decision, though, do you, Jacob? No, you don't like to see the major decision. But maybe if I'm dresser and this is just me, you know, Kyson, this is his last year. You want to get Ethan as many nice quality matches as you could. And so maybe this is a nice way to say, hey, we're going to slip you into the the weight weight class, you know, next up at 133 and get you a quality match and see where we can improve on. Um, That's my thoughts. I don't know what you're thinking, Sam, but that's what I kind of think dressers thinking right now. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to it to keeping the guys, you know, on the mat and competing. That definitely helps with morale throughout the room and stuff. Kyson Tarakina can come back next year, though. Um, So that is interesting it'll be an interesting competition there and to see what else happens with that 125 pound weight class who knows maybe case and terry Aquino, uh won't be a 125 next year so ethan perryman will bounce back down but uh definitely something to keep an eye on there in the long term 141 we said it last week anthony echemendia is going to light up the scoreboard and he wins that one 20 to 4 in the second period i am not surprised whatsoever that man is a war machine when he is he's like in the zone it's game over yeah, absolutely. Uh, 149 was interesting. You have Zach Redding, who is, you know, not a 149, but still a solid guy stepping in. And there's no Kyle Parco for Arizona State. He got hurt at Midlands, like we talked about. Instead, we see Caleb Larkin uh, make his debut for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Caleb Larkin, a true freshman. He's going to be redshirting this year. Uh, used this weekend for, you know, those freebie dates that you get. And... I think a lot of people saw it was Kyle Parco. It was not Carl Kyle Parco. And we're like, oh man, that's, you know, Redding losing to a backup. That's not what you would expect. Caleb Larkin maybe would have that spot if he was not redshirting this year. That This kid is an animal. He is qualified for the Olympic trials. He won the Bill Farrell against, you know, Olympic hopefuls in the first semester. So uh, while getting pinned in 48 seconds, he no two ways around it there that's a bad look you expect zach redding to be more competitive there but just merely taking a loss here is not as bad as it initially looks (laughs) yeah i mean for an average viewer that would look absolutely horrendous but in reality this guy is a stud and i I don't expect anything less Uh, arizona state's a great program and to get people like that in there you shouldn't not expect that. You should expect that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, still a disappointing outing there from Reading on Friday night, but I'm not hitting the panic button, I guess is how I would put it, especially because uh, while that put Arizona State up 10-6 in the duel, they were done scoring. And a huge part of that was Cody Chittum at 157, taking on two-time All-American Ja'Cory Teamer. A lot of people's people were picking Ja'Cory Teamer to make the finals at NCAAs this year. And 
it kind of the theme of the night was Iowa State giving up the first takedown and then just putting it on the Sun Devils from there because Cody Chittum had Ja'Cory Teamer in deep waters and absolutely begging for a break, a period and a half, or not even a, a <laughs> minute and a half, half a period, halfway through the first period. Teamer was like adjusting his headgear and filling around, getting back to the center because Chittum's pace is just different, man. Look, we, you knew and I knew that Cody is going to break out. And I, I had a sneaking suspicion that Cody was going to. I mean, he took many different uh, excellent quality All-Americans to the wire. And I think at the end of December, uh, it got to him a little bit. But then he gets back into it. You know, you have a little break and a little bit of a breather. Not to mention he's a freaking true true freshman Granted, yeah. he gray gray shirted, but still at Iowa. But still, I call it still a true freshman because you haven't been in that type of setting has environment. He, he hasn't gotten the the collegiate matches and been through the grind of a collegiate season before, so it's certainly valid uh, yeah. to call him a true freshman, even with that gray shirt. I think, but just just the now he understands, and now you're starting to see him take off, and I can't wait. I'm excited to see his like sounds a little weird, but his wings spread out and start flying because that man is going to be just crazy good. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And he's going to have some tests here in the big 12. Uh, this weekend, big 12 wrestlers knocked had wrestlers that are freshmen or sophomores knocked off uh, Jared Cardenas, who had beaten Cody Chittum, knocked off Peyton Robb, who was ranked number two in the country. And then, of course, you have Chittum knock off Teamer and uh, Oklahoma State's Teague Travis knocked off number six, Ed Scott. So uh, there's a ton of young talent in the conference here. And then, of course, you can add in Brock Mahler there from Mizzou up at 157 this year as well. So great to see Chittum get that first signature win of his young career. And that skyrocketed him up in the rankings. He's up to number 10 in the flow rankings. Intermat still sleeping on the kid. Uh, has him down at number 15, but he's someone to watch. Like Dresser said last week, he's not going to be an underdog for long. No, and and I highly expected this to happen. Now, I have a question for you, Sam, and this is just going far into February slash early March. Hit me. We get we we get into the allocation process, mm-hmm. and you see all these freshmen beating high top quality talent. Do you think that the NCAA is going to be, uh, and the committee is going to be, uh, how can I say this? How can I say it in uh, correct terms? They're going to be nice to the big 12 and give them the correct and right allocations. Or do you think this is going to be a knockout drag out fight in the big 12 trying to get, these 157 pound wrestlers. Cause there's a lot of good wrestlers in the big 12. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And I think they, I think they're, they're really putting themselves in the right position to do it with, for like you mentioned, Jacob quality wins and they're hitting the mats a lot. Uh, they're getting out there and getting the matches so that uh, the, they can hit all the, the metrics that the committee wants to see when they're looking at their, uh, you know, who they're allocating these spots to. So, uh, 15 matches is really the magic number for a lot of those metrics. And Cody Chittum's already at 12 against D1 guys. And, uh, that's where you see the young guys, uh, 
almost have an advantage over the older guys because the older guys tend to, a lot of these six year guys end up doing more load management uh, type stuff where the young guys just need mat time. So if they can stay healthy, then it's not an issue to hit that mash requirement. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious on how much, even like the fringe, you know, fringe wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, will they get the allocations or not? Because, you know, some of the weight classes that were there last year, it was tough for some of these uh, kids to get in there and get yeah. qualified. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely something we'll have to keep an eye on as the big 12 season progresses here. Uh, 165, David Carr, second period tech fall. Uh, or third period, early in the third period, tech fall here over Nico Ruiz, uh, 20 to four. What can you say about David Carr? He's next topic at this point, unless he's against a top 10, top 12 wrestler. You know what? On to the next, as I always say. Yeah, absolutely. 174, MJ Gaetan taking on NCAA qualifier, Kyle Valencia and Gaetan. Uh, not his prettiest match, but I think that's just kind of MJ Gaetan's style at this point in his career wins at eight, four, and you can't be mad about beating a NCAA qualifier. If you're MJ Gaetan, he's, you know, we haven't seen him jump up to the point where we can really expect bonus points. Uh, it's not really fair to him, I suppose. Although of course I know we would have loved to see it here. We kind of talked about it last week. We're ready for MJ Gaetan to make that next step, but uh, we're going to have to be a little more patient. Yeah, I still think he's navigating the ways a little bit, um, looking a lot better. But still, you know, it's just that his, it's his style. It's the way he is. And uh, eventually, you know, the light switch will or the light will turn on and everything will go. But until then, we're going to see some gritty, nasty matches from MJ. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Will Feldkamp, another guy who had a bit of a gritty match against the ranked Tony Negron. And Felkamp, like Chittum, uh, like Kyson Tarakina, gave up the first takedown in this match. He might have even given up two, or he was close to giving up a second takedown. Uh, but it just, he's just too good, uh, to against a guy like Tony Negron. He's got him outmatched. Felkamp's so tough on top. He was really close to putting Negron on his back for, uh, what looked like if he could flip him over would have been a really tight, uh, we called it a farmer, but Feldkamp kind of has his own variation there where you go inside wrist and get the bottom wrestlers wrist pinned to their back and, you know, put the knuckles to the mat. So, uh, he's just really tough in that position, Jacob. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He is. It's, I don't know. We'll, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying on that completely 100%. So then we get into 197, and to be honest with you, I cannot tell you a dang thing about this match except Julian Broderson won it 11 to 4 because Pac-12 Network uh, or Pac-12 Plus, which was a nice treat that this uh, duel was actually free, uh, which was different than what was previously reported, you know, in the the media guides and everything. But you get what you pay for because the screen was just purple for the entirety of this match. <laughs> well. You know, it's better than what most have been doing and charging in an arm and a leg or microtransaction you. This was for free. So, <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm glad it was that match and not the main event here at 285 because Younger Bastida and Colton Schultz, that's not a match you want to miss. Two high, high pedigree guys in Younger Bastida. 
gets it done in what, frankly, a lot of people thought was going to be a horrendous style matchup for him. But uh, taking on the savvy hand fighter, the very, very big Colton Schultz, who's very good at mat wrestling and just finds a way to win, especially in close matches against Iowa State Cyclones. Younger Bastida wins the close match this time. Hey, you know what? Bastida has been on the winning pace. I'm telling you, he's on a warpath. I'm excited to see him later on in February and March and just to absolutely dominate because that's what he's been doing. Uh, yeah. uh, various different styles. It does not matter. Bastida is just an animal. Yeah, he's finding a way to win. He gets that takedown here, gets in on a low shot, and where Colton Schultz is really, really an elite wrestler is when guys get in on shot, he gets them into that front headlock, and he gets to his chest wrap, you know, over the top, grabs around your waist, and he's just going to bring his hips in and pop you back and throw you, and he either clears you off his legs so he's no longer in danger of getting taken down, or he can get you tilted sort of in a dangerous position and come around for a go behind on you. Uh, kind of a weird uh, thing because we see younger Bassita so good with the reshots that that's the reattack that Colton Schultz has is just throwing you over his shoulder. And then <laughs> while you're a little bit stunned uh, getting around for the go behind. So uh, younger Bassita neutralized that by getting in on that shot and knee sliding to get Colton Schultz feet off the mat. If your feet aren't on the mat, you don't have anywhere to push with to throw that chest wrap. So really good uh, technique there from younger Bastida. And you know what else pumped me up, Jacob? He did not even hesitate. He was like, I'm going down and I'm getting my escape. And Colton Schultz tried to ride him for a little bit. And he's like, this is a waste of time. I need to cut him and try to get a takedown. (laughs) Oh, I love younger. I I love him. This man has really, really shown like grit and toughness and man, I I am so happy that he's a cyclone. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. So good night for the cyclones there on Friday, taking out Arizona state 28 to 10, uh, winning eight of 10 matches, just a dominant performance there for the cyclones. Sunday, they went over to uh, take on Cal Baptist, just a, an hour drive from the high school of Ethan Perryman and MJ Gaetan. So out there, sort of in the Central Valley, not quite the Central Valley, a little bit south of that, but uh, Inland Empire, that's what it's called out there in California. A little geography lesson for you there, Jacob, <laughs> with the uh, California facts there, but... Uh, Cal Baptist, like we expected, no match for Iowa State. This duel started at 157, and Cody Chittum lit up the scoreboard right away. Yeah, uh, that's insane. I mean, if you would tell me the score and not even saying it's wrestling, I would have thought it was a football game. Yeah, 31-11 there for Cody Chittum. Uh, he was taking on Chaz Hallmark, and Hallmark had some good stuff. He got a takedown or two on Chittum, but uh, Chittum's just too much, and uh, he might give up a takedown, but he's going to get three or four <laughs> or five, or I think he had like six or seven in this match. So finishes it off with a feet-to-back move. That's how you get that 20-point win, which is, of course, much more than the 15-point Mercy Rule tech fall. And <laughs> Iowa State's up 5-0 in the team score and didn't look back from there. Yeah. I mean, you look at D- David went and it's like, here, I'm going to up you one. And 
pins the next man, Timothy, uh, two minutes and two seconds. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. how, how this is going already. Absolutely. Takes out Timothy Cowan, uh, gets four takedowns really quick. And then we're two minutes into the match. Cowan is in on a shot and David Carr hits a win Dixie, which if you don't know the win Dixie from hearing it, uh, remember, think back to when younger Bastida was wrestling in the McLeod center at UNI two years ago against John Gunderson and we needed Bastida to get bonus points and right out the gates. He's in on a shot and gets thrown to his back and the guy scissored his head. So it gets stopped for an illegal hold, but uh, had every cyclone fan, you know, puckering up there for a minute. So that's the move that David Carr used to get his pin and the Cal Baptist dual meet 174. Uh, like we said, not a pretty weekend for MJ Gaetan, but he got good results. He was taking on Justin Phillips, who was a match away from placing at Midlands. So probably the third best wrestler on this uh, Cal Baptist team, but still uh, not the most impressive win for MJ Gaetan. He did get to get a win in front of his home fans though, because you could hear him in the crowd on that stream. That's so nice for MJ to get his fans back in California and uh, uh, celebrate with them. I think that's the coolest thing ever going to college being a wrestler and then going back to your home state and having fans, uh, probably the coolest feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Especially kids like Perryman and Gaetan who are over a thousand miles from home. That's gotta be a great homecoming there, uh, early in their careers too. So, uh, I'm guessing Cal Baptist will rotate off of Iowa State's schedule next year. Not sure if they will be back in time by the time those guys are seniors for Iowa State to make another road trip out there, uh, to that neck of the woods. So cool stuff while taking advantage of the opportunity while they can. 184, Will Feldkamp just looked like a dog, gets the pin in one minute, and those are the kind of bonus points you expect out of Will Feldkamp. Julian Broderson gets a solid 7-2 win over the Buffalo transfer, Eli Sheeran. And then younger Bassita sort of played with his food there at heavyweight Jacob. 21-6 tech fall. Look, younger was like, hey, you know what? I had a hard match. It's time to play with my food a little bit time to have a little fun <laughs> yeah yeah a, a treat a tr- just a just a touch a, just a treat <laughs> then we get into the main event of this duel um really the most interesting matchup by a long shot kyson tarakina taking on eli griffin eli griffin uh coming off a midlands finals run and with you know in his back pocket he's got that win over kyson tarakina where it was two takedowns to none last season in Hilton Coliseum. Hey, Kyson had the last laugh because he came back. Yeah, he did because uh, Kyson Tarakina gets that 4-2 victory. It was the, towards the, it was 0-0 after the first. In the second period, Kyson gets out right away. Eli Griffin, Kyson was actually in on a shot late in the second period. Couldn't quite finish. Eli Griffin gets around on the go behind, but he, and it's called a three-point takedown on the mat. They go to review it. Iowa State wins the challenge. Uh, he just didn't get around the corner in time. So that's new life for Kyson Tarakina. Griffin ties it up 1-1 in the third period with an escape of his own. And Kyson Tarakina just went clutch mode and got the takedown there in the third period. To, and that was the difference. Yeah, sometimes it's just that, that quick review and them saying no. And all of a sudden, you know, that wrestler 
or how I would envision, envision it is like, okay, it's still an even match. It's still go time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not coming from behind time. It's, it's a go time. Yeah. It, it kind of flips the momentum, right? Yes. Like it'll wake up call, but without, you know, the, the negative consequences. Yes. It's like a pause. It's like, it's like an adrenaline shot. Like you just got more adrenaline in your system. Like, okay, I see how it is now. We're going to, we're going to get after it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, really good, really encouraging weekend for case and Tarakina. 133, Ethan Perryman with a rough outing gets beat by Hunter Lake for nothing. Um, struggled on the mat in this one. And it was, you know, he got to his standing Gramby time and time again and just couldn't get his hips cleared away from Leak. And you got to hand it to Hunter Leak because he is the only Cal Baptist wrestler that has gone out in this dual meet the last two years and won his match. <laughs> well, I got to tip it, tip your hat to him. I mean, Hunter has put out a good show. I mean, last year it was Zach Redding and now you got Ethan Perryman. I, I but he didn't go against frost. I'm going to yeah. say it. I'm, I'm yeah, going to say it. I I'll hand that to you. I'm not, if I see Evan Frost gets Hunter leak at big 12s, I'm not shaking in my boots. No, no. I, I, if I, if I was Hunter leak, I would be shaking in my boots because you know, frost would be coming after him. Absolutely. Uh, 141 Anthony Etchemendia, same old song and dance tech fall 20 to three, uh, got to his shots eventually got to one where he can finish in that almost like an inside trip, not quite a leg Turk type position and get some back points and just a really productive uh, match there for Anthony Etchemendia. And then the finale 149, Zach Redding gets his win taking on Dane Morton, who was a starter at Nebraska in the big 10 last season. And Zach Redding bumps up and gets the six, three win. Hey, they say it's big 10, but I really think it's big 12 play. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just pulling your leg right now no in all seriousness i really like seeing zach redding uh doing this i i really do you know to have yourself go from being a starter to being a backup is hard enough but then all of a sudden hey by the way you know can you wrestle where Swiderski's hurt and he's, mm-hmm. you know, went up to the challenge. So I have to give props to Redding. Like you could have transferred out. You could have done anything else. And yet you're still staying here. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff there from Zach Redding bouncing back from a rough outing on Friday night. We will just have to wait and see if he's going to be in the lineup for Iowa state this weekend. Uh, Iowa state Friday takes on Utah Valley and these are home meets this weekend. So Utah Valley on Friday, Pitt on Sunday, both going to be on ESPN plus if you can't make it to Hilton. Um, but especially, you know, you, you want to see Iowa State put up some points, get to that Utah Valley duel. You want to see some <laughs> really good matches and Iowa State probably going to win the duel, get to that Pitt duel. And they're both going to be a good time. So that Friday night duel is at 7 p.m. and Sunday against Pitt is at 2 p.m. Uh, put those on your calendar. Utah Valley, man, it's they're a tough team to get a read on. Uh, the Cliff Notes, they've got a few guys that are NCAA. They have five guys on their roster that are NCAA qualifiers. The issue is four of them are fighting for two starting spots. They have two of them at 133 and two of them at 149. So uh, not sure what they're going to do there. And the other thing is 
Jacob, how do we figure out what this lineup is when they haven't had a duel since November 17th? That, you know, when you brought me, brought that up to me before this podcast, my mouth was open. I could not believe that. That's like, imagine if your high school team went and wrestled after Thanksgiving break and it was like, okay, well, let's not wrestle until January 15th. It's absolutely insane. I would have never done that. And I, I find that absolutely nuts that they have not wrestled. What, what was the date again? No, November 17th was their last duel. They have been to a couple tournaments, but it hasn't been their full lineup at a lot of them. So it's been 54 days since their last duel. By the time uh, Friday hits, it's going to be 56 days. Eight so months. almost two months. Two yeah. months. That's insane. I would have never. I mean, yes, you like to have tournaments because you have lots of matches and yada, yada, yada. But like... Jewels really show like perspective on where you're at and where your team is at. Not having that, you cannot gauge where your team is at. A tournament is so much harder because yes, you know, you, you go and you get team points, but think about this, Sam, one person could like absolutely run the show and the rest of them could be mediocre. And yet that one person could give you 15, 20, 30 points and the other People only gave you two or five. Um, so it doesn't really show where where things are going at. So like that's really hard to say, hey, uh, you know, this is my team. So I find it extremely hard to to believe that they have not had like a duel. I, I want to talk to the AD. Like that <laughs> is nuts. Yeah, it's a weird situation. It is. Uh, their head coach, uh, Greg Williams, I believe is his name, has been there for uh, almost 20 years or right around 20 years. And this is his last season. They announced he's retiring uh, after this season. So uh, not sure what's going on there. They, I mean, it's a program that's put out all Americans in the past. They've punched above their weight. They have administrative support. Uh, if you ever watch their duels, oh, while well, the commentary is not the best, they have a good fan base there who likes to get rowdy and watch wrestling. So uh, just a, a weird spot for the program right now. We'll run through it quick. Uh, 125, Kyson Tarakina or whoever Iowa State sends out there, because I don't think we're going to see all of Iowa State starters here in this one. Um, Iowa State's going to score bonus points at 125. 133 is one of those weights where they are log jammed. Hayden Drury has been a national qualifier in the past, as well as Case Mauger. Uh, Mauger did it at 125, uh, not 133. So those guys fighting for that spot. And Hayden Drury did wrestle one tournament up at 141. Didn't have the best results, so maybe he'll go back down to 133. But they are a better team with him up at 141. That's just the weirdest thing ever. Just like having... NCAA qualifiers and like your your coach does not like separate those like you have very good quality wrestlers yeah and yet they're they're log jamming that's like the same thing as like Casey Swiderski and Anthony Etchemendia like those two like I know there were some conversations going on with Dresser and like hey are you going to go down to 141 and Dia you know, knew that he'd be more competitive going down there. And we knew that Casey Swiderski was having troubles last year trying to stay down at 141. So like, 
Oh my gosh. That's insane. Yeah. And, and it's, it's they're especially weird at a program that doesn't get as many national qualifiers. As right. Our programs. Like you'd think they want as many as possible, but uh, yeah, just a weird, weird situation. Uh, 149 Isaiah Delgado and Ty Smith have both been uh, national qualifiers. So we'll see which one of those comes out on the mat and we'll see if it's Casey Swiderski or Zach Redding. Uh, 157. Kyler Lake is probably going to be their guy. Would not expect uh, uh, him to be super competitive against Chittum. Maybe we see Jason Kreiser, and I still like Kreiser in that matchup. Uh, Jackson Guru is at 165 is not a top five guy in the country, so he's not going to be an issue for David Carr. Uh, 174, they've got a couple guys who... Uh, Mark Takara has been wrestling the most for them, but Caleb Ulenhop seems like he's the better choice in my opinion. So maybe we'll get to see a, uh, fun MJ guy, Tan match there at 74, 184. They get another ranked wrestler who has not yet qualified for the national tournament. Jacob Armstrong, uh, coming in at number 31 in the flow rankings and number 28 in the intermat rankings. But that's just tough luck for them because Iowa State's got Will Felkamp there, a top 10 guy. Yeah, uh, and Will is coming out, you know, firing on all cylinders. So that's good to see and good to uh, see Will get back up and get going. Um, I don't think 184 is going to be any trouble whatsoever. Now, that 197, that's a Bastida killer. Exactly. Yeah, Evan Bachman took out younger Bastida at the Big 12 tournament last season. He's a two-time NCAA qualifier. And it's going to be. He also took him out in the NCAA tournament, didn't he? You're right. He did it back. To, I think they wrestled at Big 12s, and then did they wrestle like first or second round there? Uh, uh, I think it was uh, back in the uh, in the blood, not blood rounds, but uh, in back the in the Yeah, in the Concies. That's where Bachman got him because Bachman was on the opposite side of Younger on the on the uh, bracket. And I think Bachman lost and Younger won, but then Younger lost in the next match or whatever match yep. it was. It went into Bachman's bra- side of the bracket mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. So, uh, man, this kid's good. He's definitely Utah Valley's best wrestler this season and was last season as well. Uh, who's going to be get the call for Iowa State? Dresser alluded to Russell Offs at 197. Not sure if those have happened or not. Caleb Helgeson was listed as an option at 197 last weekend, but Julian Broderson got both matches. I don't know. We could see Julian Broderson. We could see Helgeson. We could see a number of, we could see Via Scusa if he's healthy. There's just so many options here for Iowa State at 197. I would love to see Via Scusa again. I mean, one match in the very beginning of the year beats a quality opponent. And then all of a sudden we don't see him after that very much. It's like, man, I think he should deserve a chance. And I'm hoping that a dresser does do wrestle off just because 97 is such a competitive area. And Julian hasn't, you know, in my honest opinion, hasn't really solidified that spot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, just have to wait and see who gets the call for the Cyclones there. And then at heavyweight, uh, they've got Jack Forbes has been wrestling the most, but Chase Trussell, uh, fringe NCAA qualifier, uh, if he can get the matches in against quality opponents, in my opinion, there for the Wolverines. So, um, you know, 
younger Bastida going to be, you know, he's in a different echelon. He, there's only, he's getting close to that David Carr where, or I would put him in that David Carr group where if it's not a top five, top six guy, it's probably not going to be all that interesting of a match. I bet younger's like, come, come to the, uh, the ring. I guarantee <laughs> you, you will hate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I didn't tally up a team score for this, but, uh, I see Iowa State winning nine out of 10 matches here. Yep. I do too. Uh, it's going to be a lot to, I'm going to say either three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. <laughs> uh, so Utah Valley, uh, if you're keeping track at home, we still think higher of them than we do of Wisconsin. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> uh, then Iowa State on Sunday gets the rematch with Pitt. Interesting situation here. Uh, you knew Pitt was going to be on Iowa State's schedule because Iowa State made the road trip out there last year, and then it comes out that uh, nobody wanted to wrestle Iowa State at Collegiate Duel, so Pitt stepped up and said they would wrestle them. And uh, I would have liked to see them you know, defer this home duel against Pitt until next season, but beggars can't be choosers. Uh, the Pitt Panthers, always a solid team. And while Iowa state did win that duel earlier this season, it's still going to be a fun one here in Hill and Coliseum. Pitt has some really solid wrestlers that didn't change in a month. No. And I still don't think it's going to change. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of good matches and I, the one match I really want to see again is Cole Matthews against Anthony Etchemendia because I think, it was almost, and I hope he's not listening right now to this podcast, but that was freaking embarrassing. You know, yeah. you're one of the best defensive wrestlers, and here comes this Anthony Etchemendia racking up the score on you. Like, that would be very embarrassing as as Cole Matthews being, you know, this stud of a wrestler. Yeah, I mean, Cole Matthews in his sixth season there at Pitt, uh, all American two years ago, just missed it last year. And this year, uh, has had a really rough start, but it's not like you can completely write him off because he beat number three in the country, Jesse Mendez, and then has just lost a bunch of other matches. So just a weird deal there. Iowa State won this dual meet 21 to 14 down there at the collegiate duels. Uh, we'll see a rematch between Terrakina and Colton Camacho. Terrakina won that match by two. Hopefully we see Evan Frost out there against Vince Santaniello. Uh, Frost won that by a takedown. Anthony Etchemendia, like we mentioned, Major Cole Matthews. Uh, would be nice to see Casey Swiderski against Finn Solomon there at 149 because Solomon, really solid freshman, took out Zach Redding eight to four. Yeah, it'd be really nice to, uh, see what Casey can do and, uh, you know, it would be really nice for Casey to come back and this would be a great matchup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 157 Chittum would see Jared Kessler, who he majored David Carr, majored number eight, Holden Heller. <laughs> and that just goes to show you how good David Carr is. I mean, majoring guys who are supposed to be all Americans. It's what David is. And I feel like after losing, uh, back in wasn't that December? I think he has something to prove now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, we'll see if he can improve upon that performance. One guy I really want to see is MJ Gaetan taking on Luca Augustine. Uh, Augustine has beaten him, beat him six four in the duel last year, and beat him five four in the duel. 
at collegiate duels. So uh, hopefully a third time's a charm for MJ Gaetan there at 174. Yeah, I think uh, MJ should be circling this matchup saying, hey, if I can beat this guy, I can take the next step. Yeah, absolutely. 170 or 184. Will Feldkamp had pinned Reese Heller in the past and down there in the duel gave up a 14 6 major decision. Will Feldkamp, bit of a roller coaster. Uh, be real nice for the duel, especially if Pitt flips any of those early matches. If Will Feldkamp could flip this one back and return the favor, yeah, it'd be really nice to uh get this one. Uh, especially you know, Will. Field camp, you know, turn the corner. Let's let's turn the page and let's go. Yeah, absolutely. One ninety seven. Uh, not sure. Like we said last duel, not sure who it's going to be. It was Rowan Udell in the first duel who got major by Max Stout. Max Stout. Uh, I think he's ranked fifteenth in the country. So a really strong young wrestler for the Pitt Panthers. But uh, I don't think Iowa State gives up a major here if they're wrestling someone who they think is going to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And then, of course, younger Bastida would potentially get another top 10 matchup with Dayton Pitzer. And that's one just keep putting uh, putting uh, names on that hit list because younger Bastida is going to have an incredible resume. One of the best resumes in the country by the time this season's over. Yeah, I would be very disappointed if he doesn't get a, a good top seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, at this point, this is, I, I don't know what all the heavyweights records and, and resumes would be, but this has to be top five, top three material. Yeah, it's going to be unavoidable. So, um, you know, moral of this duel is I would say one by seven last time. So Pitt needs to flip one match and get more bonus points. That's going to be tough. It'd probably be easier for them to flip two matches, but that's still not likely considering, uh, you know, they need to net two more matches because they could say they flip 25 and 33. You still have to beat Will Feldkamp for a second time. And that's no gimme at all. Yeah. And who knows what will happen between the rest of the matches. I mean, it could be as easy as uh, a pin. It could be as hard as uh, a loss uh, in one of the weight classes that you thought you could have won. So, like, this will be very difficult for Pitt to, you know, get that final threshold of a win. Um, I don't know where I see it necessarily, especially with how we dominated them last time, but... Mm-hmm. This is why we love sports. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you wrestle the matches. I mean, going back to Evan Bachman, younger Bassito beat him in the duel and Evan Bachman wins the next two. So uh, Bachman ends up with winning the season matchup. Uh, Pitt looking to do something sort of the same here in this rematch. Uh, it's It should be a fun one, uh, regardless of us knowing, already seeing these matches a month ago. It's going to be entertaining. There's going to be good matches, and it's an, another chance to watch your Cyclones take on a top-20 team in Hilton Coliseum. What better way to celebrate 10 inches of snow, which is going to be <laughs> probably another 6 to 10 inches of snow coming up on Friday, than to go and support your Iowa State, uh, whether it be on ESPN Plus or 
you know, getting your snow shovels, getting your plows out and making your way to Hilton Coliseum. Absolutely. Uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, Iowa State, two dual meets this weekend, uh, one conference, one in Utah Valley, looking to uh, run up the score there on the Wolverines and then uh, non-conference matchup against Pitt, looking to leave a sour taste in their mouth and say, hey, if if those guys see us for a third time at NCAAs, they're not going to want to wrestle us. So uh, <laughs> this has been the Sudden Victory Podcast presented by Wide Right Natty Light. For Jacob England, I'm Sam Phillips. Go Cyclones. Thanks for listening.